What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. going on hogline nation welcome back to the hogline podcast i am your host mitchell manis alongside co-hosts jack manis and andrew Schreffler. welcome back folks you're listening to the 168th episode of the podcast crazy absolute insane weekend of nfl playoff football in the divisional round how are you guys feeling about it i mean it just it's hard to even describe what we saw last night you think that was the best weekend of football ever? It's hard to argue it. I think uh, it was. I mean, it might have, it all might have four been. games were walk-offs. Yeah. The the combined margin of victory between all four matchups was 15 points, which is the smallest in divisional round history. I don't know what it is in NFL playoff history, but at least in this round it was. And yes, every single game was absolutely thrilling. We will be here today to recap this weekend's action and kind of give you our preview of the championship weekend uh, next Sunday between the Bengals and the Chiefs and the 49ers and the Rams. And I guess we can start off by kind of saying how we did in the picks. Jack, we'll, we'll t- did we all go two for two? Two for four. Yeah, we all That's what I meant. two and two. Yes, yeah. two and two. Thank you. So no ground was uh, lost or or made up. Jack is still in the lead at five, and Schreffner at three, which is not very good considering there's been ten games. Not so ideal. Fifty percent and thirty percent, respectively, is uh, nothing to be too proud at. But you know, Jack is still in the lead here, and very graciously he has allowed us. Well, we're going to do things a little bit differently. In the past two rounds, we've decided whether we want to pick the spread or the total for each matchup. This time we have no choice and we're forced to pick both. The thought behind that being Shref and I giving us a little bit more opportunity to potentially catch up. Uh, Cause you know, and this was Jack's idea. So thank you for that. It's not something we, you know, I Shref or myself came up with Jack uh, allowed us this opportunity. So thank you. And um, maybe that's just a vote for your confidence, I guess. Very nice. Yeah, we did. Um, we did talk about it. We also talked about this would be future reference, but maybe for Super Bowl, since it's only one game, we talked about maybe incorporating some player props into there as well. Yeah, maybe we can see how it goes. I mean, yeah, that can certainly be a tiebreaker situation mm-hmm. if we get to there. Um, but yeah, we'll see how we do here. And um, 
I mean, we'll get into the recap in a second here. And I was telling these guys a little bit before we started recording, I was really sitting on my high horse through Saturday as um, both of their picks contradicted mine and I got both of them right. So I'm like, wow, I'm really going to make up ground here. I was feeling really optimistic for Sunday. However, they got both on Sunday and I didn't get any. So back to square one. I guess we can start if you guys are ready. We can go with the um, the Bengals and the Titans game. We live. We live. There we go. Thank you. The Bengals defeated the Titans 19 to 16 off of a game-winning time-expiring field goal off the foot of Evan McPherson. Both defenses played really well. The Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times in this game, which is a postseason record. However, they don't come out with a win. Uh, Derrick Henry comes back, you know, looked a little bit rusty, wasn't the best, most efficient game on the ground. However, he did get in the end zone. Bengals continue to find a way, and they come out with a victory. What did you guys think about this game? Go ahead, Jack. Uh, I was just uh, what my biggest takeaway from the game was what you mentioned that Burrow was sacked nine times. That's incredible. Kind of debunks my theory a little bit of how of the O line being the most important uh, piece to a team in regards to stability. Um, I mean, maybe just Burrow is the O line proof, but um, someone said I think Orlovsky said on Get Up or something, but Burrow these past two years is leading like the best turnaround in NFL history. And I think I agree. <laughs> like I preseason, I had the Bengals four and 13, I think. And Mitchell had them similar, similarly. I think I had um, them six and 11. Okay. So average that we thought they'd be like a five and 12 team and maybe even worse. Honestly, I don't even know AFC if I had them having six wins. It's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I, they're, we were biggest our most concerned with them with them was their offensive line preseason, but I mean Burrow and these weapons they get it done and it's pretty cool to watch. Um defense also stepped up starting from the first play of the game with that interception. Former student Mike Hilton also another interception. Um yeah, they got playmakers on on the defense too. So uh interested to see a rematch against the Chiefs in Kansas City. But Treff, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm pretty much on the same page. I think um, the one thing I, I talked about a little this weekend was I think there was that big argument post-draft about whether Chase was the right choice over uh, Sewell. And I think it's fair to say that, the, I mean, for once, it may be like ever in like draft history, I think both sides of that argument like ended up having a point. Like I I think it's very safe to say that uh, the Bengals don't get to where they are without Jamar Chase. I mean, he's been a top three receiver in the league this year, all pro in his rookie year. Does not happen very often. He has turned into like the perfect complement for Joe Burrow. And I mean, it makes sense as they had the history at LSU. Um, and then, I mean, obviously the O-line is an issue and uh, obviously an issue that they're going to be looking at this offseason. But right now, it does, I mean, it does, I mean, if you're the Titans, how do you get nine sacks and not win a, not win a football game? It, it, is, it is one of the more unbelievable things I've seen. Um, so, I mean, when looking at that, like I, I want to – I want to say that the Bengals are going to have to like figure it out these like going into this week against Kansas city, but at the same time they let up nine sacks and still won the game. So I don't, I don't really know if it, if it's going to play like an enormous factor, but overall Joe Burrow is just cool. I don't, I don't know what else to say about Joe Burrow. I, I, that man is, is something else. And I, I really didn't even think about that. Jack, he, I mean, he goes to LSU and he turns around like a program that 
for a while had been like used to be a top dog and kind of faded off from there. He goes right in there, leads them to a championship. Then yeah. he goes to Cincinnati, who like, I mean, without a doubt, one of like the more sad football franchises in in like league history. And year two, really, I mean, on, more honestly, year one. Like, I mean, what what week did he get hurt last year? It was kind of early on, or like halfway through the year. I feel like. I think it was about half. I don't remember. So, like, I mean, his first full season, he takes the Bengals to the AFC, AFC Championship, where, like, you mentioned it, too, that their defense has been stepping up. Uh, Mike Hilton, excellent addition. Um, Sam Hubbard's been awesome for them. Um, Trey, Hendrickson's that, Trey Hendrickson's there as well, and you still have Jesse Bates on the backside, too. They yeah. are, they're a force to be reckoned with. I'm very excited for this game this weekend. And just to what you said about Joe Burrow, I remember there was a quote. I think someone maybe asked him – Shortly after he got drafted to Cincinnati, something along the lines of when do you expect the uh, Bengals to be successful or something along those lines. And he said, as soon as I get there. And I mean, I I love Joe Burrow, but in my head, I was kind of doubting. I'm like, all right, I don't think you realize like NFL is really tough. Bengals. I don't know if you could just do that. Well, yeah, hey, he did it. <laughs> so I guess. hats off to him. I said it last week, but I just really, really wish he was not on the Bengals. Yeah, it sucks for you guys. It really does. Um, he just makes them more likable. It's Wait. tough. It's not. It's it's a very conflicting feeling as a Pittsburgh fan. So, but and I also wanted to mention this as well. I saw this tweet. It's courtesy of Will Brinson. Um, he tweeted out in in the past, or discounting twenty twenty because he didn't play a full year, but his senior year at LSU and his sophomore season, the NFL this year with Cincinnati in games where it was essentially either win and you literally get eliminated, or I guess in college, there were a few games where like win and your season's pretty much over, you know, if they had a loss there in those games, and you can call them win or else games, he is eight and oh, and he's thrown 29 touchdowns and one interception. And the only interception came this week and it was a tipped ball. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. So he just absolutely so the, by that logic, they're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's never in the past two years, he's never lost the when it, when it matters most. So he just he, he literally exudes confidence. You just feel it like through his words, and it's just like he has no doubt that they're going to that they're going to win at this point. It's it's very, um, you know, it it's it's the testament of his leadership i guess you could say um i mean i think that's pretty much it i have to say on this game i don't know if you guys have anything more to add Mm-mm. um i won this game as i mentioned i won both on saturday i mean i got the point i picked the under 47 i think it was over 47 sorry under 47 and a half and you guys picked it over and this was a low scoring uh turnover plagued affair um, and it came down to the kickers at the end. So that was that. The next game, the 49ers uh, traveled to Green Bay, where I think the wind chill was zero degrees at game time, another chilly uh, evening in Wisconsin. The 49ers pulled out the victory 13-10, to 10, uh, and they didn't score an offensive touchdown. That's uh, that's something to say. If you, if you would have told someone, hey, the Packers aren't going to allow an offensive touchdown, but they're going to lose. That that's um, that's pretty crazy. But Packers choke again. 
I mean, I think it's as good as he's. I think it's safe to say we have we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform, whether it's retirement or another franchise. I agree. Yeah, seems that way. To not even make the NFC Championship after another season where he is the favorite to win the MVP. Yeah. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Devontae Adams all have fantastic season. You know, all the talk about Matt LaFleur. He's gone 13 and three, all three of his first three seasons in the NFL, and he still, you know, can't get to a Super Bowl. That's, that's underachieving. Um, and there's plenty of blame to go around. It's not all in one person or one section of the organization. However, it's just an overall failure. There's no other way to put it. The box score didn't really show that Jimmy Garoppolo played a, a a good game at all. However, I mean, I do think there were some definitely drops that uh, didn't help his cause. There was the one uh, George Kittle drop that would have been a nice gain. Uh, Juwan Jennings, I believe, dropped the ball as well. So that didn't help his stats at all. Um, but still, you know, he didn't really do that much, but he didn't really need to at the end of the day. Um, Debo got hurt. That's going to be an interesting thing to monitor this week. Uh, what do you guys think? He's going to be playing this uh, this Sunday? Yeah. He, did, he, did he go back in the game after he was hurt? I don't think so, but, like, th- this seems like a situation – like, I I feel like he could have a broken leg and he's still going to play. Like, I, I, I don't see any – I don't see any form of injury unless it's, like, life-threatening to where he would be like, I'm not playing. But – Yeah, yeah I, well, I think – yeah, I think from the initial things I've read, it's leaning toward him being okay and good to go for the game. But – you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be hobbled. Who, who, um, it's you know not clear at this point. Were we wrong about Kyle Shanahan? Uh, I, I guess I can kick it off because I guess it was more you and me, Mitch. I don't know if Jack was quite as as bullish on the Kyle Shanahan takes. I wasn't. Yeah. Um, he, him, and him and Garoppolo have both teamed up to um, prove me wrong in these playoffs. Um. I'm. St- I mean, G- Jimmy G's one thing. Like Jimmy G, still didn't didn't throw a touchdown against the Packers. Like I under- like he perfect game manager for that team with the way they play that the way they play their style of football. He is a perfect quarterback for them. I'm never gonna like talk trash on that. But still, I'm still out on Jimmy G. I never won't be out on Jimmy G. Shanahan, on the other hand, um, when he when he gets hot and he finds like guys or just certain like schemes that work and like he he is unbeatable i mean as soon as he figured out that he could use debo at running back it is it, it has been a, a nightmare for defenses to figure out um just as a team for them in general uh D'Amico ryan shout out to him that that defense is playing up to par and maybe even better than some of those defenses that we remember like back when during like the kaepernick times like when you're looking at, like patrick wills and guys like that like they are, they just don't, they don't let you do anything. It doesn't matter who you are, what, like what team you are, what kind of guys you have. They, they do not let you do anything. Um, D'Amico Ryan is going to be a head coach without a doubt in my mind, if not this season, the next season, um, or I mean, if not next season, then the season after, but on the other side of the ball with, with the Packers, I, I want to get your guys thoughts that we're going to, we're going to talk about the next game here with the, with the Bucks. And there's a certain quarterback for that team who I feel like always gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to lack of weapons on his team. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But on this Packers team, this has been the story for I don't know how long. I mean, you have Adams there, obviously, top top three, top five receiver, something along those lines. And he um, he doesn't have anyone else, like, at all. 
he was he was he's throwing to Alan Lazard. He's throwing to Jermichael. No, Mercedes was it Mercedes Lewis? Or Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis, Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, he's throwing to Mercedes Lewis out there, and it, it it's not it's not even like it was just like yeah, obviously Valdez Scantling's hurt. That's whatever. But like this has been a continuous thing, and it, it and it even yeah, and it even goes back to when they drafted Jordan Love, and now now with the way this looks with Rodgers, maybe that pick is going to help them. But at the same time, in in that moment, looking back at that draft, it still baffles me that they that they took Jordan Love with that pick, and it, it it's just been a continuous thing. And while I think Aaron Rodgers has proved that maybe he isn't like obviously an uber talented quarterback, but maybe not the winner that people always pegged him as, I think he I think he has more of an argument for lack of weapons than the guy in Tampa Bay does. Yeah, and that's that's been one of the main, I guess, frustrations of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole laundry list of them where he is upset with the organization, whether that just be the Jordan Love pick, not drafting an offensive player his entire, in the first round, his entire time at quarterback. It's I don't even think, it, it's not, it's offensive player, right? It's not just receiver. I think just, all, it, definitely not receiver. I think it might be offensive player because I'm trying to think yeah, back. Yeah, besides even- Jordan Love. I'm trying to even think about like an offensive lineman and I, I feel like they, they are almost exclusively like defensive back or D lineman. I think that is correct. And that is an absolute embarrassment. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a, every off season's very uh, drama filled in green Bay. This past off season was uh, no exception to that. And this one coming up is again, going to be very tense. Um, but yes, you made a very valid point. It's just, it's inexcusable that they haven't supported him more in terms of adding weapons. Yeah. Like, do you, is he going to go down as like one of the, like maybe one of the bigger, like wasted careers of a, of an NFL player? Like, I mean, he, did they go to another Super Bowl besides the, besides the one they won? I don't think they did. Yeah. Just been to one. And like, I, I feel like as a whole, like you, you had, arguably the most talented but in terms of arm talent up until now with a few of these new guys that are in the league you had pretty much without a doubt the most talented QB in the league for however many years they had him and they ever yeah and they year after year just just didn't make I mean even like in recent memory like you have a guy like Allen Robinson on the Bears who clearly doesn't want to be there didn't want to be there could have easily tried to make a move for him you have Odell who went to the Rams for not really much at all um there it just at, at every year there's guys who pop up and every year people are like you should go to the packers and guess what it doesn't happen do you guys know about the target share on sunday oh i'm sure it was really cool um i know and part of my take big cat was was screaming that rogers was a selfish player for only for not targeting everyone else and want to force feed the ball but i think that um well, first off the target share was um 11 targets to Devontae Adams, 10 to Aaron Jones, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 2. So 22 targets to two players, and then the rest were had, what, four, five, six? Yeah, I don't blame him. Um, right. I mean, I don't think – Rodgers isn't, isn't stubbornly trying to force feed the ball to Devontae Adams because he has some vendetta against all his other receivers in the front office for not surrounding him with better talent. I think that's just – who's most reliable Devonta Adams and obviously Aaron Jones is a check down. Um, yeah. I just want to echo that to reiterate stress point. 
out of necessity, not of out of desire. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, very interesting and um, yeah, 49ers. Hey, I was I was shouting from the rooftop rooftops. Uh, 49ers money line. Hope someone listened to me. I don't know why anyone would, considering my yeah. track record in recent uh, months. But but yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was one crazy soul out there. The next game, the first game on Sunday, uh, was like all these games, absolutely fantastic. I just thought to myself, you know, going after the this game that we're gonna talk about here, the Rams and the Bucks, and everyone was hyping up the Chiefs and the Bills. I'm like, how is this game like? How is this game gonna live up to it? And it topped all of them. Insane. Yep. The Rams held off the Bucks' ferocious comeback. They ended up winning thirty to twenty-seven. They had a commanding lead, twenty-seven to three, deep into the third quarter. However, Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette and Hall of Famer Mike Evans led a ferocious comeback, accompanied with four Rams fumbles, too. That was uh, two by Akers and one by Cup, which was very uncharacteristic. Um, you said four. There, oh, in the, the snap. In the snap. And the snap yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. So four fumbles. Uh, one, the, one of the acres, I think, was in the first half. I was going to say all of them were in the second half. It was, right. it was the right one the, it, towards the end of the half. They, they, they could have gone up. If they score there, they go up 27-3. At worst, they go up 23-3. Right. At half. right. So, yeah, I mean, this game almost was – it would have been just like that Super Bowl comeback when they were down 28-3. to three. It was right around that time. So, um, had makings of that. I think my initial take on this game is just – you know, Jared Goff couldn't have done all that. This game just this game just shows the exact reason in summation why they made that move to go out and aggressively pursue Matthew Stafford. Because when I mean, he hasn't really obviously had a lot of chances and opportunities while he was in Detroit for however many years to show his clutchness on the biggest stage in the NFL playoffs. But now that he's getting this opportunity. He is doing exactly what everyone would have hoped he did. And he absolutely balled out. And um, that's the best way I can sum this up is that there's no way Jared Goff could have done all this. Agreed. And I think Stafford gets a little too much criticism. I mean, no, he maybe leads the league in interceptions and he leads the league in pick sixes. But just to your point, like the Grams, even with considering that fact, Rams don't regret their trade at all, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say with Stafford, I feel like that there's a lot of there's a lot of people who like wait for the chance to like jump on him when he makes a bad play, and it's like their argument is like, yeah, he was always doing this kind of stuff in Detroit, but everyone always wanted to give him credit just because they had no one else. But like one, one whole like QBs can have off days. First of all, happens all the time. Like whatever. Two, like. He, I mean, he want, like when they're when the, when these when this Rams team has been on in terms of the way that their offense is running. I don't I don't know if there's a better offense in the league, just in terms of the amount of talent that they that they have on that side of the ball. I mean, Cam Akers did fumble twice, but him and Michelle are a very formidable duo as for running backs there. And I think we we saw that more maybe in the Arizona game, um, just because their Cardinals obviously aren't as good of a team as the Bucks. Um, I was very nervous as soon as the Bucs started coming back because this Rams team was one to me that even though I love, like I love them this year and I did bet on them. 
one of those teams that like I, it wouldn't have surprised me if they came out that game and just like laid an egg, like just like forgot how to play football pretty much. Um, so that was awesome to see. Stafford looked amazing. Cooper Cup is um, a, a good receiver, I'd say, to say the least. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. That might be a hot take. He's um, yeah, he, 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 yeah, right. Um, they're, they're just a fun team. That, that that whole defense is cool. Aaron Donald's doing Aaron Donald things. Um, Ramsey got burnt like once maybe on that on that deep Evans ball towards the end. But besides that, he was pretty money the whole game. Von Miller seems to have figured out his role on that team. It, I, Rams right now are a team that I don't think I'd want to be facing. And I know that's dumb to say because I don't think you want to be facing any of these four teams left because they're all playing their best football. But the Rams on both sides of the ball just have absolute playmakers. And it's a, they're a tough team to stop. All right. Jalen Ramsey got burned, but it was by Hall of Famer Mike Evans. So It was by Hall of Famer Mike Evans. So he gets a pass on that one, I guess. Right. Yeah, another great game, and yeah, as as Shreff just said, him and Jack got the uh, the the point there with taking the Rams plus three, and I had the under in this game, which was looking okay for a little bit there, but then you know the Bucks just steamrolled their way in the fourth quarter, and then that was that was a lost cause at that point. So the last game we have to talk about was one of the best football games a lot of us have ever seen. It absolutely blew up on Twitter. You know, that that was my whole entire Twitter page on Sunday night, uh, last night. I mean, this was a classic all the way through. You know, different than the the Rams-Bucks game, this was actually close the entire time. It was tied at 14 at halftime. There were no dramatic, like, uh, sorry, drastic, like, lead – margins of lead i don't know that wasn't the best way of saying that but you know what i mean like every, it was close the entire way is what i'm trying to say gabriel davis eight <laughs> catches 201 yards and four touchdowns i mean i what were the uh, what do you think the odds would have been on gabe davis four plus touchdowns <laughs> we, it's never been done ever in postseason we, history it, uh, we, we did a little um a little like house parlay last night um, where we all just put in one pick and mine was Gabriel Davis over, I think 30 yards receiving. And like, it, it's funny looking back. Cause I was like nervous about it after like the first quarter, I was like, I hope, I hope this hits. And then he, and then he went for 200 yards and, and four touchdowns. So the postseason record four touchdowns. Yeah. He had 178 yards in the second <laughs> half alone. So yeah, absolutely insane. Um, who would have ever thought that? I mean, yeah, not e- just the yeah ever Gabriel Davis holds a postseason receiving touchdown record. That's insane. Perhaps what's even more insane is that the Chiefs started the ball at the 25 yard line of their own and got a field goal to tie it up with 13 seconds remaining. Two plays, one pass to Hill, one pass to Kelsey, and then Bucker sends it into overtime. And then we all know what happened from there. The Chiefs won the toss. They went right down the field and they hit. Kelsey in the back right corner of the end zone and they ended up winning uh, 42 to 36 and um, yeah I don't know I think I might be done betting Chiefs unders I think this put the nail in the coffin yeah <laughs> how many points total 78 yes sir 78 points in this game so nice over hits by uh, over t- 23 and a half points so yeah. that's lovely <laughs> I mean, what is there to say about this game that hasn't already been said? I mean, how many what how many more adjectives can we come up with for this game? I mean, it's just 
<laughs> I was the one thing I, I was gonna say, like I think the the crazy thing about this this weekend too is that like the games kind of built on each other as well. Like you had like you get that that Bengals Titans game, which like was obviously ended up being a defensive battle, but still came down to the wire. Then you get that Packers game where once again, not like a high scoring affair, but like great defense. You get to see Rodgers maybe last game, who knows? Then you get yesterday, you start off with that Bucks game, you almost pull off an incredible upset, and then you finish the night with what could be argued as like the best game ever. So pretty cool. Um, I also have a tweet pulled up. Um, people were joking about this a lot last night, and it's this guy, Ben, Ben Solak. And he said, um, it starts off with too much time for Mahomes on the clock. That starts when the Bills score their touchdown with one minute and 54 seconds left on the clock. Then it says, but Mahomes might score so fast he'll leave too much time for Allen. The touchdown, the, the Chiefs touchdown was scored with 113 left in the fourth. Then it says, comma, who might score so fast, which they did because they scored with 13 seconds left. Then it says he'll leave too much time for Mahomes. Field goal at two seconds left. Wait, that was all in one tweet? That was all in one tweet, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, that, um, I think you said it last night, Jack, or someone said it, Mahomes had 177 yards after the two-minute warning. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's something. Um, we can also talk, I, I feel like we, we should mention the fact that overtime rules must be changed. Yes, agree. Yep. Yeah. We were talking about a little bit in our group chat last night of how, I mean, I don't know who said it, but I, I, what's wrong with college overtime? Someone said uh, they don't like college overtime. I, I'm on either college overtime side, or I think another option is just, just make it a normal 10 minute quarter. You just play the 10 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, the argument yeah, against think- that is that like that could just lead to more like another one. You know what I mean? It could, but then in that, like, in like, why not do a hybrid where you, you play that 10 minute quarter? If it's still a tie, then you go and do the college rules. Yeah. It's still there's there's just a, so many, there's so off. many better options. You, it, do a, it, you do a field goal off. Sure. I, I Sure. Like what I, it's just, it, it, it is infuriating at the fact that, that that game last night had to end with Josh Allen, not even getting the ball. And, Two things. Well, one, my idea I've always wanted to say do college overtime, but make it you start in your own 25 because starting on the opponent's 25 in college is fine because kickers, like they don't gain yardage. A college kicker, it's tough for them to hit 42 yarder. It's more automatic in the NFL. So I think they should be able to, they should have to be able to sustain a normal drive and start from their 25. And that's what I think should happen. Um, Secondly, oh, and then the argument I saw on Twitter or whatever saying that um, it is fair that like the overtime is fair that, uh, you know, defense is just as important as offense. Um, and like the Bills defense didn't stop them, so it was fair. But it, I still don't think it's fair because and oh, the rules are first team to score wins. I mean, I guess, you know, if you score a touchdown, you win, we all know, but you put your defense out there, like the defense can't score. They can rarely score the ball, but like it, defenses can't score the ball. You know what I mean? So if that means you got to, your defense has to hold them and then your offense has to go out. So I think that argument is really dumb too, that deep or saying, trying to say that, Hey, defense wins championships. Um, is defense as important as offense? Well, that's not 
that's still flawed against what the overtime rules are being a sudden death who scores points first yeah and especially considering the fact that if if the bills get that ball first last night the chiefs aren't stopping them either yeah a coin toss decides it uh, the, the yeah. i saw a stat saying in the playoffs 90 percent of overtime games whoever wins the toss first wins i'm sure yeah or over 90 percent it was like 10 for 11 so I also saw another tweet. We're, we're really shouting out a bunch of tweets tonight. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're doing here. But they compared it to um, in baseball, if it goes extra innings, like the away team scoring a run, and then that's the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely something they'll have to um, talk about, clearly. This is going to be a, a big talking point in the offseason and, and beyond. And I just thought it was, you know, also interesting that, this happened to the Chiefs uh, three years ago when they played the Patriots. So right. they also went to the front office and tried to get the rule changed as well. So that's fun. Right. Um, can I also give Andy Reid a shout out? Sure. For what? Um, he is, I believe, as far as I'm aware, the only head coach to make four consecutive AFC championship appearances and four consecutive NFC championship appearances. Oh, wow. That's a good stat. Mm-hmm. And I think the Chiefs were the first team ever to host four straight. There you go. Oh, championship really? Championship games. Yep. So shout out to Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Big red. And Pat Mahomes, because who else should we shout out? We all out know to? who he started. He started four years ago. So should we shout out someone on, on his family as well, Jack? Jackson Mahomes. Jack and I were on a Jackson Mahomes kick last night after the game. We love him. <laughs> Championship preview. <laughs> we will continue here, I guess, with the Chiefs talk. Um, obviously, this is a rematch of the crazy Week 17 game where the Cincinnati Bengals clinched the AFC North. Chiefs seem to be matchup proof at this point. Uh, we, we were talking about how the Bills had the number one defense in the league, and that didn't really seem to matter at all for the Chiefs. It doesn't matter who they go up against. They're a machine. And I was going to also share the Burrow uh, stat in win or else games, but I already did that. And he's clearly uh, one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the league at this point. And he just, like I said earlier, he just really like, it's hard to doubt them at this point. I don't know. This is going to be a very exciting matchup. And it's just still, still so weird to see the Bengals in the AFC championship game though. That is just very weird. Um, what are we thinking here? Jack? is in the lead so he gets to decide the order once again i'm staying last just oh he's keep same order okay of course um and like i said earlier we are picking both so let me just verify where the the line and total at is right now i checked it about an hour or two ago and it's it is still the same the chiefs are seven point favorites and the total is 54 and a half shref your brief thoughts on the game and your selections. Uh, Jack and I were talking yesterday and I said that I didn't want to go first again because I wanted to see what you guys were going to do. Um, so thanks, Jack. Um, I hope I hope this game lives up to what we think it's going to we, we're gonna, what we think it's going to live up to, which would be, um, I guess, similar to the Bills game in terms of just going like offenses just going down the field and scoring points. Um, Chiefs are very hard to bet against at the moment, especially if you win a game like that. Um, 
with, I mean, looking at that, at that game yesterday, when, when even 13 seconds left in the timeout, even with Mahomes back there, I think anyone would be skeptical as to them being able to win that game. So credit to them. Um, both offenses look good. Cincinnati's O-line is really the only question mark that's still there for that team. Um, but with all that being said, boys, I'm going to start with the spread here. I think going into this weekend, I'm going to change up my strategy a little bit. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to follow my heart. You know, I'm not going to follow my head. I'm not going to follow what I think is going to happen. I'm going to follow my heart. So with that being said, with the spread, give me the Bengals plus seven. I'm going to take the Bengals plus seven. I think seven is a good amount of points. Um, And I think if, if anything, the way this could work out, if the Chiefs do get up early, we could potentially look and try for a backdoor cover there. Um, I just I have a hard time believing that with that with weapons like that, especially seeing what we saw last night. I have a hard time believing that the Bengals aren't going to be able to move the ball against the Chiefs. And then, boys, this over under number is tough, real tough. Um, someone with a good brain would imagine that points are going to be scored here. But as someone who likes to bet and bets pretty frequently, when I in when in my head I think that a lot of points are going to be scored, I find that that doesn't happen. So I'm actually I'm going to get a little I'm going to get a little crazy here, boys. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I I think I think we could see maybe a slow start um, in this first maybe first quarter or so. I think these teams might be trying to feel each other out a little bit. There's going to be some nerves there, especially on that Bengals side. You have to imagine there's going to be nerves. You have you have a lot of starters that are going to be playing in their first like big time game. Um, so in that case, I think maybe it starts off a little slow. So then they have to kind of rush to catch back up. So I think the under is looking pretty good here. So Bengals plus seven under 54 and a half. That's final. All right. So I'm up next here and I, I'll keep a little bit suspense, but I agree with one of your picks and I disagree with one of your other picks. Um, first of all, Joe Shiesty doesn't get nervous. Well, um, that, I wasn't that's really talking about Joe Shiesty. I'm thinking about the other guys. I know Joe, Joe, Joe doesn't count. Yes, but he's the embodiment of the team. He is. He's like a 10 year vet at this point though. And Ooh. I just think like, yes, the Bengals hadn't had a playoff victory since you guys were negative nine years old <laughs> b- b- prior to this postseason. However, you know, like I said, Joe Shaggy does not get nervous. And I just think that energy is going to M, M, what am I going to say? Spread. I'm just trying to think of a more fancy Permeate. word. Permeate. Ooh. Thank you. Thank boy. you. That's all right. Good, good job. The energy and aura that Joe Burrow exudes is going to permeate through the locker room. I like that. The Bengals will cover the seven points. That's too much, too much in this game. And in terms of the over-under, I'm picking the over 54 and a half just because I can't in good faith do what I did last week. I'm <laughs> done picking Chiefs unders. I've done it two weeks in a row, and it has blown up in my face. Yeah, this the is when Chiefs, it's going to hit, though. The Chiefs almost covered the over in wildcard weekend by themselves, <laughs> and this game had 78 freaking points in it. So I'm taking the under in this. I'm sorry, taking the over. Sorry. Whoa. Oof, it's almost innate in me to take the Chiefs <laughs> under, but I'm going over. 54 and a half. Okay. Oh boy. 
Uh, so smiling. I told them and a couple other people, um, and I picked it on our preseason show. Uh, I have a future on the uh, Chiefs Rams to be in the Super Bowl. I placed it in September 1st and obviously still alive. Both teams are favorites in the conference championships. So I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. Um, and I, I was rooting for the – I had to root for the Chiefs yesterday, but I really was kind of sad for Bengals – or sorry, Bills fans because I think everyone was kind of rooting for the Bills for the sake of their fans, um, and they're just fun to root for. Uh, anyway, so I will have to be rooting for the Chiefs. However, I'm going with the Bengals. Uh-oh. Um, That's a wash. It is a wash. You're definitely covering now. <laughs> it's, but I, I think seven points is just too many points. Um, both teams sense. are even pretty evenly matched. I mean, the Bengals beat them in Kansas City not that long ago. Um, so I really, I it do was think in Cincinnati, Chiefs... not Kansas City. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, but um, I do think the Chiefs are better. And they will win, but I think seven's too many points, and it's uh like for that to hit, the Chiefs got to win by a two possession game. Which I mean, I guess eight points is still considered one possession, but yeah, I just think it's too many points. Um, and I'm going with the under. Oh God! No. <laughs> <laughs> um. I just, there's really not much to not too much logic logic behind this. I think it's exactly just, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we were there's too much magic in last weekend that this weekend it's uh it's just not. Lightning doesn't strike twenty stack. There's Lightning gonna there's gonna be twice. some nerves. It may be a little bit of uh I don't know some mistakes can be made and it's just it's gonna be uglier than um it's gonna be uglier than than last week. I could see that happening. So. I just hate unders are not fun to root for. They're so not I'm like, fun. I want to have but, some fun. Hey, it's, I wanna, it's I tough. Root for points. Those were the two best offenses in the league, arguably, that we saw yesterday. And most of the game, excluding the last two minutes, like I, there was a point like with two minutes left that we didn't think the over was going to hit. Yeah, so, we were sweating that. I know the Bengals still have a good offense, a great offense, you could even say, but I don't know. Like it's that that's each team has to score a touchdown each quarter, which that's hard to ask for even out of, it was hard to ask for out of the bills and chiefs until like that magic happened at the last two minutes. And then the overtime, obviously just destroyed the over, but I, it's tough to predict that twice. So I'm going to go with the under 54 and a half. Joe Burr won't let me down. He will not do it. Well, he's not going to let us down either. He's just going to not let us down while also scoring less points. Right. I mean, he can let us down. It doesn't even matter. It's a wash. We all picked it. True. All right. The final game here. We got the 49ers at the Rams. Kyle Shanahan is 6-0 in his career versus Sean McVay. That's an interesting stat. Uh, We already talked about Debo a little bit. Looks like he will probably play. It's not certain yet. Uh, We'll know if he'll be 100% on that uh, slightly injured ankle. And I, I'm, I don't know. I'm questioning whether the Rams will be able to run the ball in this game. Could be just a testament to the Bucks' stellar run defense, but they only had 30 carries for 73 yards last week. So it looked really bad, except the 49ers also have a really good defense as well. So that's something to be considered. 
Shref, kick us off. This, I think, is... Sorry, the... sorry. Let me... Sorry to interrupt you. Let me... Yeah. Three and a half point favorites for the Rams. Yep. Totals 46 and a half. Yep. Okay. So, this one, I think, is maybe the harder of the two to predict, and I think it's mostly because it's a divisional matchup as well. Um, obviously, met two times before. I believe Niners won both of those games. Um, Shanahan, six and over McVay. So, yep. This week, week 17 was a great showing by the Niners and obviously kind of propelled them into what they've been doing here in the playoffs. Um, I love this Rams offense. I love Matt Stafford. I think he's been playing. I mean, obviously I think some of the best football of his career, probably the best football of his career. You have an offense that seems to be unstoppable at the moment. Odell has fit right in with that offense. He looks amazing. Defensively. I talked about all their star power. And then on this Niner side, you don't have as much star power. You have, I mean, obviously you have, you have your Debo's, you have your Kittles, you have Fred Warner, all those guys. But in terms of their, like in terms of outside of that, they don't, you don't get a bunch of star power. This is, this is a team that is ran primarily off of scheme and just trusting their scheme and thinking that it's better than the other team's scheme. Um, this brings me all to say, boys, I, I, I forget who quoted it. What, what's the quote of the um, insanity is doing, is doing um, the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Is that, is that the one? Yep. That's a quote. Yeah. So um I've picked against the Niners uh, two weeks in a row and they have lost for me twice. But as I said before, with, with the definition of insanity, I, I, I might be going a little loony boys. I might be going a little loony. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I said, I was going to root with my heart this week. And I said, I was going to pick with my heart. I'm going to continue doing that. I will take the Rams minus three and a half. Um, I think I, I've said it two weeks in a row with the, with the Dallas game and the Packers game. I, I think the Rams are just a better team than, than San Fran. And I think, I think it's about time that McVeigh gets, gets a win on his side of the record book there against Shanahan. Um, so give me the Rams minus three and a half. And then on this, on this over under boy, oh boy. Um, this is tough boys. It's a low number. It's a real low number. It's a real low number. Yeah, screw it. Give me the over. Let's get some points in here. I, 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 I think an ideal way that this would work out would be with maybe, maybe, maybe similar to how that Bucks game went, where the Rams jump out early and then the Niners are kind of clawing their way back. Um, so hopefully that happens. If not, but I mean, forty-six and a half is just not a lot of points. So yeah, screw it. Forty-six and a half, and then give me the Rams minus three and a half. Let's roll. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, definitely more confident in the total than the spread. I'm going to make a last second call on the spread here um, because I don't even know if I'm what I'm going to pick at this point. I have what I have written down um, and this is what I initially was going to go with, but we'll see. Let me talk a little bit about the total first. Um, I think the under 46 and a half, I'm going to take that <laughs> because I mean, I'm just trying to think about it logically, right? I mean, the 49ers defense is playing as good as anyone right now. I think that's fair to say. Um, and they have played very well against the Rams this year. Um, they, I think, have let up a combined 37 points, I think, in the two matchups between these two teams. So that would be, you know, under 20 points a game. And they're playing even better at this point. So I think they're going to come out and continue pick up where they left off last Saturday night um, against one of the best offenses in the NFL. 
And I'm also confident that the 49ers offense isn't going to do much against this Rams defense. Um, especially, you know, we, we've mentioned Debo Samuel a bunch of times, but it's a very important factor. He is their best player. And if he's not 100%, that's just another thing to potentially inhibit the 49ers scoring ability. So I see this game being a, a 27, sorry, not 27, like a 20, 20 to 17 game, 23, 20 game, something like that. That's what I'm envisioning for this. Um, so I've stalled enough time for my pick on the spread, but it's just tough. I think the Rams are going to win this game. It's just, if it's how many Mitchell, if it was two and a half, I'd go with the Rams. It's just three and a half is a tough one. It really is. Um, Oh, come on, go head to head with me. Let's do it. Have some fun. I'm going to stick with what I originally picked because I would feel uh, I would not feel good about myself if I switched up here at the last second. So I'm going to go with what I originally wrote down and that is the 49ers plus three and a half. <laughs> I still think the Rams win though. I think they win by a field goal, but they cover just by a half. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. My pretty, official prediction is Rams 23, 20. It's a pretty exact prediction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, Mitchell, you gave all the arguments like to be super confident in the Rams. Like, what argument do you have for the 49ers to cover? Like, why do you think the 49ers are going to cover? The Shanahan record? Like, that's all – that's the only thing that I think you said to – because you talked about the injury to Debo Samuel. Not, Rams defense is playing really good. Jimmy Garoppolo and their offense, you know, didn't put up any points, hardly any points. Well, I complimented the 49ers defense. That's where I think it's going to come down to. I don't think that the Rams are going to be able to run the ball. Sean okay. McVay's offenses are uh, centered around the run to set up the pass. I don't think they're going to be able to do that effectively. I'm still not buying that Cam Akers is back. He had a very poor game on uh, on Sunday. He averaged like two-something yards a carry and two fumbles. Exactly two something like that. So I'm not convinced that the run game is where it needs to be. I think that's going to slow them down a little bit. And for that reason, that's why I was very confident in the under. I don't think either of these offenses are going to have their best game on Sunday. Um, and then just with a low, low point total um, and how well the 49ers have fared with them in the past. Um, again, I'm not super confident in it, but that's what I went with. So, okay. And I agree. Uh, I'll reveal my, fir- reveal my first pick. I'm going with the under 46 and a half. Um, yeah, I agree with what you said there. That uh, that's why I'm going to go with the under. I think we could have some similar to what I said in the last game we talked about. There could be some nerves. Uh, Stafford could throw a pick early. Um, I still don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is good to put points on the board. Um, yeah, I mean, Mitchell made my argument for me. Rams defense is incredible. 49ers put up – they didn't score a touchdown against the – they scored three offensive points against the, the Packers. I know the the weather could have been a factor, I guess, but, but – Yes, still. Yeah, I guess two field goals, you were right. Yeah, so – but um, that's why I got the under. Um. As far as who's going to cover, I'm going with the Rams. Insanity for me, too. Sure, I've picked against the Niners two times. I'm going to make it a third. Yep. Um, 
I don't know. I just think the Rams are better. <laughs> I think the Rams are four points better than the Niners. And um, yeah, I, I don't just all across the board. I know. And I also want to talk about the, the, the whole rushing attack thing. Um, sure. The uh, Cam Akers may not be fully healthy. Niners got a great run defense, but their corners and their secondary could be vulnerable to a really, really good receiving core, um, which I assume the not the Rams will stick to. So, uh, Rams by three and a half. There we have it. I want to re- right, Jack, re- recap read the picks for us. Bengals versus <laughs> Bengals versus Chiefs. Shref. Bengals plus seven under 54 and a half. Mitchell, Bengals plus seven over 54 and a half. Jack, Bengals plus seven under 54 and a half. 49ers versus Rams. Shref, Rams minus three and a half over 46 and a half. Mitchell, 49ers plus three and a half under 46 and a half. Jack, Rams minus three and a half under 46 and a half. A lot of overlap, but it it's it's as inevitable when there's only two games. So I'm I'm nervous about my over pick in the first one. That's not something I was confident in. I was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we both picked the under. <laughs> I was uh if this was if we were doing normal role rules, I would have been my two picks definitely would have been Bengals plus seven and under in the Rams 49ers game. That would have been my picks for both. Because those were the two I most most confident in, but the other two, the spread in the NFC game and the total in the AFC game, I don't know. That was a flip of a coin to me. What about you guys? What would have been your picks if you had to pick just one? Um, I was stuck on the uh, – for the first game, the Chiefs-Bengals, I was stuck on the spread. I, I don't know. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I think Chiefs are going to win. But sevens, I thought was too many points. I, I don't know. I was torn on that game, but more confident about the point total. And then the second game, I was just more confident in the Rams to cover rather than the point total. Because I, as I said, I think the Rams are simply just four points better than Niners. Um, yeah. So, those, so the opposite of what I. I would have picked. In, I would have yeah. picked. Uh, yeah, in under fifty-four and a half in Chiefs Bengals, and then Rams minus three and a half would have been my two. Yeah, I would have. I, I think I would have done both spreads. I've um, I've been. I mean, I've been cold in general, but very cold with over under picks lately. And I, I felt. I definitely felt more confident about that Bengals pick. I seven seven's a lot of points for 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 a championship game. Um, and then that Rams game, I'm kind of just. I'm just. I'm riding what what I've been riding, which is the Rams. So uh, I think I would have gone both spreads. That that over under in that in that Rams game scares me. It's, it's low. It's low. Trev, you should have just sp- stuck with all spreads to begin with, just because that's, that was what we did for lock of the week and you were killing it in lock of the week. You just yeah, I know. I, yeah. I'm, I, you know, you know, I'm not too sure Mitchell. I, I'm, I'm not too sure where, where we went wrong here. I, I think I said it, I think I said it last week. Um, Kevin Anthony really, really got me off on a bad foot with that Scotty Miller pick on my parlay. And as as someone who doesn't like to take any blame for myself, I'm, I think I'm going to blame him for for the downfall that I've been suffering these past couple of weeks here. Gonna have to watch the film and come back next year strong and lock I, the week and the postseason. Yeah, I guess boundaries. so. I'll have to I'll have to see what worked and kind of carry it in, you know. 
if Jack wins this and, and we get the bill for the dinner, you're just going to be like, man, you're going to be, it's, everything's going to flash before your eyes and think of everything that you went, everything that went wrong here. So. Yeah. As I'm, as I'm handing over my, my debit card to the waitress, all I'm going to be thinking about are these, are these, these dumb picks I've been making. Yeah. Should have stuck to spreads. Yeah, exactly. As I'm like, <laughs> hesitantly handing over my cards take it take it (laughs) um all right folks well that is our episode we can only hope and we can only pray that this weekend of football comes somewhere close to this past weekend that we got if it's just 75 percent of what we got then we're in for a treat can't wait and then um like i said in the end of last episode we do apologize for not uh, running a playoff pool, but we are here and we're going to do something big for the Super Bowl uh, with all of you guys of Hogline Nation. So stay tuned for either a big box pool or a prop pool, and we will let you know the details from there. So stay tuned. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, and thank you for thank you for your insight, boys. Um, best of luck to you. Looks like Jack is still the favorite to uh, to win this, but hey, you never know. Never know. Thank you for listening. Follow us on all uh, forms of social media. Share the show with your friends, your family, and your dental hygienists. And we will see you next week. We will know who's in the Super Bowl. See ya. Peace, love, prosperity, happiness, joy, everlasting life, almonds, chives, knives, and hives.